Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of I'm 40% Podcast. With me, as always, is the little shit, the daddy king of what? uh, uh, Silver Lake? Where do you live now? Echo Echo Park. Park. Why is this hard? The daddy king of Echo Park. (laughs) I know about Lad's Edition. Why don't you know about Echo Park? I'm a very fascinating person. It's easy to... uh, Anyway. Um... (laughs) Nice to see you, Mom. Nice to see you, too. We got another good episode this week, and we got a great guest. It's such a good episode, such a great guest. Very, very lucky to have... Ariel Laddinson. Oh, Laddinson? La- Laddinson. No, you, you said it, it right. You Last edition. Well, you did so much talking about it, Nick. You got me all <laughs> flustered. Ariel Laddinson, who just happens to be a writer on the upcoming new season of Futurama. So it's very exciting because we have you here um, for our last Futurama Classique. Classique. <laughs> doom, 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 doom. I'm honored. And then, then we're going to pause in season three. The podcast is going to keep going, but we are going to skip ahead and we'll be reviewing weekly the new episodes of Futurama. Um, so this is a perfect, perfect guest for today and a perfect episode for this guest. Welcome, Ariel. Thank How you. are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I agree on the episode. This feels to me like one of the most classic Futurama episodes in a way. So I was excited to talk to you guys uh, about it. Guest stars abound. (laughs) I dare say this is... No, I I, I don't even need to preface it. I'm just going to state it. This is Polly Shore's best work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, have you seen a movie called A Goofy Movie? (laughs) Because I think they could go toe to toe. Basically, Polly Shore, good actor on screen, fantastic, brilliant actor in animation. Oh man, I have no comment on Polly Shore. Uh, <laughs> Ariel, uh, you've written for uh, quite a few uh, animated programs. Yeah. You did some uh, kids shows, but you also worked on Solar Opposites, which is a show that Jinx and I enjoy. I love Hell yeah. that show. Ah. Oh, good. How did, how yeah. did uh, that come about? Um, so Solar, I was, I feel like it's kind of been an interesting journey into adult animation. I sort of started out in playwriting and then got into oh, cool. kids animation through like a playwriting friend. And yeah, I was working on, I was developing a project with Starburns, which is the production company that did oh, Solar sure. Opposites and um, was like a huge Rick and Morty fan. And they passed along basically a sample that I had written um, to Mike McMahon, who created the show. So, awesome. yeah, and it kind of set off like this crazy, like adult animation for the last like five years, basically. And it's been awesome because I'm such a huge fan. So, to get well, a chance to were... work in it is insane. <laughs> 
when you were applying to Futurama, were you like, hey, look, I already did a funny, like, adult animation Futury show? <laughs> so that's the crazy thing is I've now done a lot of, like, really specific genre animation and a lot in <laughs> sci-fi. But I actually, um, weirdly, it's like you kind of don't, with writing jobs, you kind of hear about things like if you get an interview. So I had just, I got an email essentially out of the blue from my agents being like, just FYI, Futurama is coming back. Also, do you want to interview to be on the show? <laughs> and I freaked out. I was like, and just the fact that it was coming back would have been huge news for me. So <laughs> to get to interview and be a part of it has been this like very surreal experience that I, I'm really not expecting to ever happen ever again. It's just been awesome. Oh my God. It's so yeah. cool. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we're so excited that the show is coming back. Oh, uh, good. And, I think uh, you guys that actually will brings like it. us. Yeah. I think we will like it. Wait, wait. Uh, but that don't brings you, us to yeah. our news segment. Don't you, don't you skip along. Good no, news, wait. everyone. No, news segment. No, you let me gush over our guest for a second. Fine. First of all. I'm going to hit the button again later, I, though. I, too, am a huge Rick and Morty fan. And I love that there is queerness in Rick and Morty. But Solar Opposites is like, let's take the humor of Rick and Morty and kind of like the sci-fi anything can happen premise and lean into a queer relationship, which I absolutely love. And their relationship is so nuanced and complex. I just love them so much. I identify, I, I don't know why I can't think of any characters' names right now. Terry I've seen Corvo? every <laughs> Terry. I identify with yeah. Terry so much, but also I'm the Corvo normally in my relationships it's so funny i always identify with the terry but i know i'm the corvo but it's like default like people like nick make me the corvo i don't need to be a corvo but you get to be the terry and it forces me into being the corvo because someone's got to be the corvo anyway it's a lovely Interesting show so intro. funny <laughs> If it you get pissed off enough, and then you just shift from Terry to Corvo. I think that's everyone's experience. We all con we all contain multitudes. Yes, um, exactly. Oh, I'm so, glad you like it, though. Yeah, so I'm very <laughs> excited um, to see the new season of Futurama. I'm excited to see the future of Solar Opposite. More power <laughs> yeah. to you, Ariel. Congrats. This is great. Uh, well, <laughs> you guys are so sweet. And honestly, like, back at you both. I'm a fan of the oh. pod. This is another oh, thing dude. where it's like a weird combination of my interests would somehow overlap that would be very shocking and yeah i mean jinx i've been like a huge fan of you for ages on drag race oh don't you and dare just... say how long no i know you're, you're 21 it's okay woman darling. <laughs> but it was crazy seeing like the queen of all queens because i felt like there was a moment kind of early in the season when it became Pretty obvious you were just head and shoulders above everybody else who were very good. And you just saw the light go out of every other queen's eyes. And so it was a sad season in a way. Um, like oh it was God. just a little... That's I a brutal analysis of All-Star 7. They're all very good. Like, I, I love no them all. I have no comment, but, but also... <laughs> God, I love you. Um, okay, let's, <laughs> let's... Now you can push the button. <laughs> Good news, everyone! <laughs> We're coming at you from the past, uh, so this news is not new to you. You are listening to this episode on the eve of the new Futurama season debuting. Yeah. But in, in the world, before we see the premiere of the new Hulu era of Futurama, I was wondering if we wanted to talk about these episode titles that came out. Is that a spoiler? <laughs> are we allowed? I, okay, okay. 
I don't. I think maybe Hulu put them up. I think they is did. That so I, I think it's a the source material before we get our precious Ariel yeah. in any kind of trouble. Just, <laughs> it's just in my. It's in my Google Doc. <laughs> I know. I'm okay. Follow I'm a little the bit... link. Follow the link. <laughs> I don't uh, wanna do you, say do you any want me to say any of them. <laughs> I mean, I know that there's a lot of stuff that's been on Reddit, so I'll just say you're more than welcome to say whatever you want about them since they're on the internet, but I probably can't, okay. uh, can't say too much about oh, them. Oh my gosh. Okay, we'll just look at your face and infer things. <laughs> I'm on the ten Hulu episode now. titles. <laughs> wait, wait. I'm gonna go I'm gonna find Are you out doing research, Jinx? Are you being a hacker? <laughs> I'm looking on Hulu to see if there's any kind of announcement. If you two could remake Hackers, I would watch it with you too. <laughs> Hackers is be... a perfect film. <laughs> Has anyone seen Hackers? Does yeah. the new Futurama have a different tab or is it part of the... It's not Sim. on the Hulu, like, no, I don't Mom, think it's going to be on... It. Just okay. type in Futurama episode titles into Google because that's how it came up for me. It was a news story. It was like a Newsweek or something. Is Newsweek okay, no, it says it released. they released it. Okay, oh, I'm it's on say IMDb. I'm we're good. Okay, okay we're fine. Great. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> go ahead with your funny little bit jokester. It's not a bit. I just want to talk about them. It's exciting. Oh, okay. Jay Leno's headlines. Here we go. <laughs> the episode titles are The Impossible Stream. I don't know. Maybe that's about like the streaming services. And maybe it's a comment that I it's a streaming piss. show. It's about piss. <laughs> Rage against the vaccine. Ooh. Whoa, topical. <laughs> Very topical. Speaking of topical, we have one called Zap Gets Canceled. <laughs> Long overdue. One of my favorites have... in the new season. Oh, really? Cool, cool. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Uh, we have The Prince and the Product. Who knows what that product could be? <laughs> Related to items you viewed. Maybe something about like buying things online. What do you think, Mom? <laughs> Related to items you viewed, oh, probably it's about an algorithm that takes over the world. <laughs> Children of a lesser bog. <gasps> oh, do you think they're going to go back to Kiff? Amy's <gasps> Kiff! <laughs> oh my God. I'm sure you can't comment, Ariel, but I think we know what that one's about. Oh. How the West was 1010001, which is just a perfect title. <laughs> I know what you did last Xmas. I think we're going to see Evil Santa Robot this season. Parasites Regained. Huge <gasps> title. Uh, Whoa. That's a deep cut. <laughs> and the final one for this round is All the Way Down. So we'll, that one's a little more ambiguous. But that I feel like we have a good idea. That sounds like an episode title I would have come up with. <laughs> <laughs> very this different very episode exciting. had you written it, I think, Jinx. <laughs> Way more blowjobs so than in that one, I can confirm. you're obviously careful about what you say, Ariel, but you've already given us a, a scoop that Zap Gets Canceled is a, a treat of an episode. A, we can it's make a, a smash cut edit of Ariel's <laughs> facial reactions to <laughs> the title. Oh, no. I'm going to get, like, an no, email from no, Hulu being like, no, we're not gonna <laughs> you're fucked up. You're fired. We're uh, not going to get you in any trouble, my dear. You no. are safe with us. Um, Thank you. I can't wait to talk about this episode. Let's get into it. And I think it's such a, oh my God, it's got all the perfect things in this episode. It's got everything that, everything that makes me a Futurama super fan, this episode lore. possesses. <laughs> we got lore. We got lore. <laughs> we got the irrelevance of time in this universe, which I love. Um, the episode I, is called The Cryonic Woman, original air date, December 3rd, 2000. 
And I'm going to start saying that now. <laughs> now, first and foremost, because it doesn't, I, I mean, I feel like the whole episode is a nod to it, but I can't remember if there's specific jokes about it. But Polly Shore was in the film Encino Man, which is about Brendan Fraser being a caveman mm. who's been frozen alive and then like comes, uh, thaws out in the like early 90s and has to blend into 90s society as a high school student. So the fact that Polly Shore has been frozen alive is brilliant just as a way to begin. Um, I mean, like, we're not there yet, but we all know it's coming. <laughs> Ariel, it's you just a Polly Shore fan. <laughs> you watching Biodome? You watching, you watching Son-in-Law? <laughs> I, I was, that's the funny thing is I feel like I was a huge fan of Polly Shore as a kid because when you're like nine... Yeah. Freeze the he's weasel great. is enough to <laughs> like that's comedy. You're like I'm like he's a genius. The uh, weasel. That's how I felt about him after Encino Man. Like no trace of irony. The yeah. one thing I wanted to say about the date is uh, I thought that last week's episode was a comment on the war on terror, but it was <laughs> <laughs> like three years before that. So this show is just uh, prophetic because America keeps making the same mistakes. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of like history buffs on on the staff too. I feel like of the OG crowd. So I think they were very, they saw it coming. They saw the I guess so. coming. <laughs> Just like the Simpsons. Also, Matt Groening's in the Illuminati. So happened. he got the memo. <laughs> Remember how the Simpsons predicted all of this? <laughs> okay. So there's the, no cold open. <laughs> there's no cold open, but I love how it does begin. Oh, wait. Do you got to do your Chiron. little Chiron bit? Go ahead. Mm. <laughs> the Chiron says, not a substitute for human interaction. This is really good. It's self aware. It hit home for me. Five out of five Chirons. 4.5 out of five Chirons. There's no point five, so you have to pick one. Oh, God damn it, five. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with four out of five Chirons. It's a okay, very great. solid Chiron, but <laughs> I feel like some of the Chirons make me laugh out loud when I yeah. see them. So that's the only reason it's not getting five is because it didn't, like, I didn't see it and just, like, burst out laughing. I but feel it's a softer solid. chuckle. I feel mm-hmm. seen by the Chiron. I feel like <laughs> the Chiron knows why I watch this show. Because uh, it is a substitute for human interaction <laughs> for you? Okay. <laughs> No, it's like a bridge into human interaction for me. Oh. Like, if I didn't have cartoons and video games, I, I wouldn't know what humans talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Fry and Bender are playing with the toy spaceship. Uh, Bender breaks it with a hammer, and they both laugh. So, <laughs> nice okay, bonding moment for them. Just classic. <laughs> My favorite part of this is Fry, a full-grown adult, going, pew, pew, I mean, I, I say it all the time, Nick, but you are Fry. Fry is you. I've never seen you doing this, but it's not with, it's not outside the realm of possibility. You've got I, I, little toy spaceships in your house. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that's not unpacked yet. My life isn't fully organized. Um, they it see is. the keys uh, to the real spaceship, and they're like, ooh, maybe we should play with that. Oh, wait. There's a great line. Now that we're done destroying that fake spaceship, what do you want to do? <laughs> it's like very much like now that we've destroyed the fake spaceship. <laughs> it's a great lead in. Yeah. Just so solid. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> and this cuts to the kitchen where the entire Planet Express crew is hanging out. And uh, Leela exposits that 
The ship isn't going anywhere because she anchored it to Planet Express <laughs> uh, headquarters with the unbreakable diamond filament from the uh, Lost City of Atlanta episode. This diamond filament comes up a lot. <laughs> is it diamondium or is that what Wernstrom I think creates? diamondium is something else. I think well, it's I think just it's a- later, but it... <laughs> sort of does tie back because it does feel like this is like an early iteration of Dimondium. Maybe that- it is made of Dimondium and we just haven't defined <laughs> no, that resource yet. <laughs> Dimondium is an important element in the Futurama universe, but like, doesn't Wernstrom have his own like knockoff Dimondium, like called yeah. that? Di- Zirconium. Di- no, Zir- <laughs> Diamond. It's almost exactly the same word, but I can't yeah. remember what it is. <laughs> Oh, diamondilium. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. This the is ship? also. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, take it, Ariel. Well, just so one of the uh, writers and executive producers, Ken Keeler, who I feel like is super instrumental to the show. I feel like he loves filament and has all this crazy shit on his desk. That's like little pieces of mechanical stuff, bits of steel Ooh. rope so I, I feel like this may be this may be a ken oh do you think uh, that suggestion? the joke about the professor having like the assorted lengths of wire is also based on that because that's in the pilot episode is <laughs> that's it exactly what i thought it about it sounds like a ken joke i don't know for sure but it, it does sound like it could have been ken yeah listen i'm gonna take this opportunity to say if your staff ever needs like if you're ever like, what does the super fan viewer remember? <laughs> like what? Remember, like, yeah. like you pitch ideas to us, and we say, no, that already happened. Leela already <laughs> did that. You know, uh, they already <laughs> occupy that space, and it's me just pitching things and them saying, we've done this 14 times. Um, but I'll let them know off. you guys are available. Uh, I want to be a Futurama historian. We We are the show Bible. (laughs) Um, The ship takes off and there's a very funny uh, sound bite as um, the Planet Express is dragged along behind it. We just hear Zoidberg say, this isn't good for Zoidberg. (laughs) And then we've we've got some uh, landmark jokes here. The, The Planet Express ship is being, uh, is dragging Planet Express, uh, by various <laughs> landmarks, which was our favorite. I like um, the... Oh, go, no, go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, I like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Me too. Okay. I'm so <laughs> stupid it's be the and same good. thing. <laughs> Just when it kills every... Like, it writes it, and it's, like, wrong, and they're upset, and then it leans, and they're excited again, and then it kills everyone. Just, yeah. <laughs> Solid I did think construction. The- I did think the Great Wall of China was pretty funny too, because the Mongolian soldiers were just <laughs> the year waiting 3, there the whole time. <laughs> thousands and thousands of years. Oh man. And it's they're just good. right outside. <laughs> uh Bender's steering with his ass. Fry says that's the best thing I ever saw. That's the best thing I ever seen. <laughs> and uh, they land the ship without realizing what they've done. Like the the Planet Express just lands beneath them, and, and they land inside. Nobody's the wiser. And they come out, and I love that Leela's holding the diamond filament. Like, look at what you did. Here's a little like quick explanation so that everyone's caught up. And the way she's holding it, like. I'm telling you, this diamond filament is like, because we know diamondium plays such a big role in the universe, I think that this is like deep foreshadowing. 
It brings nothing but distraction. (laughs) I will say from listening to the future episodes, the amount of foreshadowing that you think the writer's room does (laughs) and how much you think everything has been like really thought out and perfectly constructed is hilarious to me. I mean, not that there isn't some of it there, but I'm like, you know, it's a show. You write it week by week. Listen, Um, (laughs) listen, once the shadow thing entered the universe the nibbler shadow of it all the nibbler shadow basically set our mind to believe that everything has meaning there is even if you don't put it in there as writers (laughs) it's our job as super fans to to assign meaning to everything I mean, it's just right. like what the drag, drag fame, fan base does that <laughs> to drag queens all the time. At least this is fictional characters. <laughs> You're, it's right. like harmless QAnon is what it feels like. Fry and Bender are fired for their actions, but so is Leela because <laughs> she wasn't, she should have known better. So they're all three fired and they go outside. And everyone decides that Zoidberg is the popular one now. <laughs> yes, everybody. Let's all talk to Zoidberg. Um, I always oh, skipped over. God, the professor has all the good lines. Um, uh, he, he goes, what? I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love because he's oftentimes saying one thing and then saying, I mean, and then he says the same thing over again. But this is a really good bait and switch when he goes, I think it's earlier in the episode when he learns that Leela left the keys behind. But the yeah. professor really, the professor really swings his power around um, in this episode. Yeah, it is shocking that they get fired. Like, yeah. it's just, you don't think that they can. Like, it seems like out of all the, you know, all rules that get bent done. in the world, like, these people always have to work here. So I do feel like it's, it's like, kind of shocking in a way. Yeah. It's a big status quo shift. Mm-hmm. What's going to well, happen? Well, temporarily, for one episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what that's what Futurama is all about, baby. Mm-hmm. I've got to tell you. <laughs> so they're in the park because they're jobless uh, and... Fry reminisces about his uh, girlfriend by looking at a picture of her and that ski instructor she was just friends with. (laughs) That is one of my favorite things in the whole episode. It's like the 80s references of, is it like the movie Ski School or something like that? Just that there's like the 80s ski villain. I I watched that for the first time recently, yeah. Really? Was it good? Like, did it hold up? No, they were doing it on How Did This Get Made, which is a a bad movie podcast. So, no, I don't think it holds up, per se. I'm not sure I've actually seen it, but I feel like I've seen affiliate movies that are, like, copies of of Ski I've never seen it, but it's one of those things that I've, like, um, I knew exactly what movie you were talking about. I think South Park did a parody episode of it. that's why I know it. Yes, it's from the timeshare South Park (laughs) episode. That's exactly it. It's like Star Wars where it's like, I've never seen a single Star Wars movie, but I've been inundated with it by my culture and society that I know everything about it. Um, so we know the trope of it's it's a good little like if you're paying attention joke. It's like what Tony Soto was saying. Like it's a show where if you're not giving it your full attention, you're missing half the jokes. <laughs> mm. um, so Leela decides that uh, they should just use their old career chips because she Remember still has them Fry, in a manila it's how envelope. We met. <laughs> then what happened? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
So for those who don't remember, these are like chips that assign you the job you're best at, and they are inserted into your hand. So Leela inserts them both and goes to her old job at the cryogenic lab, and we see her old boss and her old uh, co-workers there. But she's implanted the wrong chip, and she's mm-hmm. actually now a pizza delivery boy, and Fry is the cryogenics officer. <laughs> and I guess Bender like such as a, a quick robot fix for this. just goes wherever the human goes because... Well, remember Bender had that uh, arm. Yeah, chainsaw juggler. <laughs> chainsaw juggler, really good joke. But it's it's funny on two levels because the chainsaw man chopped off his own arm. But also, why does this cryogenics lab just need a chainsaw juggler? <laughs> and they stuff. don't register that it's weird. It's like it's totally yeah. fine for Bender to have a severed arm. Oh. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> So we, they start unfreezing people. Uh, it's kind of the the hitch of this part of the episode is various unfreezing pranks. Yes. Um, they um, unfreeze Fry a guy. Not and we... knowing how the probulator works is pretty good. Oh, so funny. Um, it's like, it does, oh, it's, it's done. And he's like, that's not so bad. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. No, <laughs> no, wait. It's about to start. And then it dings, and it's even more horrible noises happen, and he's like, just about to start. <laughs> um, the probulator. Uh, I just love what things are named in this show. <laughs> yeah, and I like that they yeah. call back to the probulator, because that's just kind of a one-off joke in the first episode. There's a lot of callbacks in this episode. This is maybe the first, I don't know, big, like, lore-filled callback episode. Is there one maybe. I'm forgetting? No, I think you might be right. It does feel like this was kind of like a transition moment. Even the joke, it's like starting out with the fry and Bender bit and Bender steering with his ass. Like it felt like the jokes were lined up that if you liked the show, that this does feel like that kind of like first like referential moment that maybe appeals to, is appealing to people that have been fans the whole time in that way. Yeah. You know. This is a true golden age for sure. (laughs) I I say the same thing about Futurama as I do with... um, uh, Steven Universe, when you do a show that's about sci-fi, you attract like the kind of people who like to piece everything together because that's like mm. what sci-fi often is. And that's why I was kind of saying like whether Futurama intends to be or not, it does weave together this like universe that a sci-fi-esque fan can piece together all of these things, which is exactly what Nick and I have been doing for the last 20 years. Yeah, I feel like I said that wrong too. There is so much thought that goes into putting oh, no, everything together. No, no, but just like, no. but just like the level of detail, was... uh, that's all. No, but I think that, to be honest, I think that is why the show has held up and people like it. And I, you know, would credit... David X. Cohen and everyone on staff, but there is like so much thought put into each individual joke. Like it's very, like it does feel like a show that is very like line by line, very carefully crafted, which isn't, you know, not always the case. Um, May may I ask Ariel, what's your star sign? Oh, I'm a Libra. A Libra. Okay. (laughs) I promise you. You did not. Um, you did oh, not give I'm me any. <laughs> no, I think I think that's just being a woman. Maybe being like, what did I say? I, sh- I should apologize for it. Uh, uh, 
No, I'm a Virgo <laughs> who works intimately with a Libra, and we both will trigger each other's anxieties constantly. <laughs> it's it actually was like during the room because it was a Zoom room, and at one you inevitably stumble over each other because there's yeah, a yeah. little lag and you're pitching jokes. And I would apologize when I spoke over someone and one of the other writers, Patrick Verone, was like, you can stop. Like, it's okay. <laughs> Just. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's, you know, uh, millennial woman issue, millennial I think. Millennial woman issue. Um, yeah. I wonder uh, where you Fry. got it from. Uh, <laughs> right. Is uh, taking power naps in the cryogenic tube, which sounds nice. <laughs> I spent some time in the tube myself. It was very relaxing. Um, they... oh yeah, because of the canon of this podcast. Yeah, I was frozen in a tube. I'm sure you remember. <laughs> Wait, oh yeah, I did that to you. Uh, no, it was mostly Nicole Byer. It was mostly oh, yeah. Nicole oh, Byer. Was... Yes, okay. <laughs> she was the most active participant in my freezing, <laughs> but she was kind of being your lackey. Anyhow, okay, go on. <laughs> uh, they start unfreezing some more people, and they get to Polly Shore. Yes. Um, and this try, is the big scene. He talks for like very 60 seconds and I tuned out. <laughs> no, it's it's a great <laughs> moment because they unfreeze Polly Shore. We cut straight to the probulator and Polly's floating there naked. And Fry says, I loved you in the movie Biodome. And then Polly, in a very eloquent way, explains that Biodome's are um like they're they're not they're only they only operate in concept you know that they, they're not actually good for society and then he goes whether it be dome globe or the stately, or the stately tetrahedron, tetrahedron buddy, buddy. <laughs> and yeah. it's such a good joke because he talks so smart and eloquently for so long and then ends with buddy <laughs> i think okay two things about this that i noticed one i think this may be a ken keeler thing too ken loves tetrahedrons so i feel like this is Ken's. and then the other thing was that there was one thing where he was like supposed to say uh you know read the biodome like you know you'd say on an email or something and oh, he says yeah but he ray said ray the biodome and i was like did I he that. not know what <laughs> Like, recall it. Like, there was just something off where I was like, Paul Shore has never what he seen was saying, an email. But I had the subtitles on, and it <laughs> said R E colon. Something. Yeah, something was like, <laughs> is that actor thing where you say the lines, but there's no and, and, conception and no one of what's going on inside. it. Yeah. As you know, it's yeah. like, one of my favorite singers, Uta Lemper. Um, she's German, but she sings a lot in English, and she's acted on Broadway, and she um, has covered a lot of the great Broadway hits. But in the song Don't Tell Mama, she says, it sweets me fine instead of suits me fine, because she probably <laughs> oh, saw it's the- that way. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like one of those things that I caught like when I was a teenager, and I'm like, why doesn't anyone else notice this? Like, I need someone to talk to about this. <laughs> Interesting, if true. Okay, moving on. No, but I do understand. And I think that is part of the fun bit is when stuff gets fucked up. I don't know why. When you're like a diehard fan of a show, that's the best bit. Absolutely. Is the one that just like does not work to get. It's like something's just like a teeny bit off. So I I do understand. 
they uh, they prank people by like unfreezing them and pretending to be bug monsters who have taken over the planet and, and stuff. Flies, gorillas. <laughs> uh, they scare a man so bad that he has a heart attack, so they just put him back in the tube and turn him into a snack pantry for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, and uh, they finally, um, in their pranking, open up a tube, and it is surprise, surprise. Fry's ex-girlfriend Michelle. Voiced and they have a sweet little reunion. Sarah oh yeah, voiced by Silverman. Sarah Silverman. Mm-hmm. Comedy icon Sarah Silverman. Um, one of my uh, stand-up inspirations for the twelve oh, years that I did stand-up, I was basically ripping too. off her <laughs> comedic voice. Oh, okay. So Sarah Silverman continues to be an inspiration for me because she was a comedic inspiration. Her use of satire is so brilliant. And then as conversations progressed and we started being more mindful to like the effect words have on our society, she took a hard shift in her comedy and and now does a completely different brand, but just as funny and and so insightful. She's one of the reasons why I think comedians like those like truly great comedians are also the most brilliant people on on the planet anyway sarah silverman if you're listening i hope your dick got thoroughly sucked by all of that and um, come on the show we would have you in a heartbeat anytime but, but it's true i think like with comedy and obviously we're watching something that was written a while back it's like there's two ways you can go back and look at stuff which is to just be blind to it and be like everything I said is fine and funny or actually reflective Mm -hmm. and I feel like Sarah Silverman doing that has been a really good blue point for other comedians most of whom have not followed that right it's like mostly we get the like hard turn into like being Trumpy or weird Mm -hmm. Uh, and they just dig in and get contrarian yeah 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 Yeah. I I love it because showing like someone at the height of like her you know, she's a very influential person in the comedy community. So for her to be someone to take such a hard shift and then basically pose like, why couldn't everyone do that? You know, like, and I have noticed that more often than not, it's the female comedians who are happy to take the shift and it's the male comedians who are like, this is how I've always said comedy. <laughs> how dare you tell me I'm blah, blah, blah. And I'm, and I'm not surprised by it. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm out of stand-up, so I don't have a, a horse in the race anymore. But what I always said to that is you're basically admitting that you can't write more jokes yeah you could just write more jokes (laughs) it does feel that way it's like if the only comedy you could do is like racist sexist homophobic and you've got nothing else like it's not a great look you know Um, but i will say like it is interesting just as like a queer woman in comedy writing and it's it's a lot of straight guys that's like 95 percent of who i work with and so some do make the shift, I'll say, like, better than others. Um, oh, like, yeah. Futurama is a super thoughtful room. Uh, I think because also it's like if I say – like, if there's a joke made and I'm like, I'm not sure we should do that. Sometimes the response is in, in other places like, well, it doesn't – I don't give a shit. Like, I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. I don't really care if it offends people. Um, or in my mind, I'm just like, it's not even offensive. It's just like I don't want to make fun of someone or make them feel bad for, like, mm-hmm. who they are. Yeah. So you want to do something that feels like uplifting, even as it's, even if it, as it's funny. And 
it doesn't feel like that crazy of a challenge to me, but it does feel like it is a big <laughs> shift for a lot of people that have been working for a long time. And you know what's crazy though? I'm just gonna, this is the last side rant I'll do on this, <laughs> on this really, really lovely topic. But, um, oh my gosh, with the whole, like, what's his name? Maddie something, Taylor's now ex. Oh. I only get these things through, like, Instagram algorithm shit, but whatever. Um, when I listened to the sound clip, I was kind of like, oh my God, there's still straight guys out there with platforms doing, who think this is funny. And it's like, I was like, what's funny about this at this point? You know, like, how do you even like feel good about yourself when you're making fun of people when the world is like a cesspit of system- systemic oppression? You're that's literally a, that, that's a line from it. my show that Nick wrote oh. for me. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. Uh- <laughs> so Michelle talks about how she got frozen. Um, <laughs> she recounts her story, and there's kind of a recurring thing of Fry saying, "I'm sorry," because her life is just getting worse and worse. She's, like, dating this guy who dumps her after she, like, paid for his college by being a a dog attack dummy. It makes no (laughs) sense. He's, like, super rich but needs her to be, like, a dog attack person in order to get through law school. This is a trope, too, because this is basically, this is what Diane Keaton talks about in First Wives Club. You know, like, she supported her husband. She No, she supported her husband on his way up the ladder. And as soon as he hit success, then he wants a younger, hotter wife. And I think this is something that happens to women a lot or happened at this time or Mm -hmm. it, it was a big movie trope. But, like, lots of women... Like if female characters and things I've seen talk about supporting a man on his way up, and then as soon as he hits success, it happens to Elaine in Seinfeld when she's dating the doctor. As soon as he passes his doctor's exam, he dumps her for a blonde. It's like a thing that we like accepted in society. This is a thing. <laughs> Men, those um, rascals. <laughs> yes, I have a question. What? Um, <laughs> So uh, we learn kind of as the episode goes on that maybe maybe Michelle is not the most sympathetic character. Maybe she's a little <laughs> devious and cunning in a in a sinister way. But she used she to says be something... possessive and demanding. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but now she wants stuff from me and wants to be around all the time. Um, no, but my point is this: she says to Fry that his family never looked for him. So this is a big lore drop. And I'm curious about the timeline here because in some of the future uh, flashbacks that we see, we know that that's not really the case. But was that just the case when Michelle, before she got frozen, no one was looking for him? Like, I'm I'm curious when we compare this to other flashbacks. Hmm. Was she lying? Were people I... looking for Fry the whole time? Well, you know, it <sighs> took them a while to realize Fry was gone. And it was, we learn later that it was Fry's dog, Seymour, that um, uh, kind of first alerted them to something being wrong. But circumstances kept making them think like he's just somewhere they can't find him or whatever, you know? And it's not until Fry's mom's big episode that we learned that like yes, they exactly. all did miss him. 
they just didn't know what happened. And by the time they realized he was gone, he was like gone for good, you know? Okay, that makes more sense to me. But let's and put I, a pin in this and compare it to the future flashbacks. Sure. I just want to get a timeline going here. Um, <laughs> get a cork board and some red thread. Um, but I do, I, I think there's also like Michelle's, Michelle is conniving. I wouldn't put it past her to just kind of say what she needs to say. Mm-hmm. To That's isolate Fry because she's feeling isolated and she doesn't like that Fry doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. So Fry gives Michelle a tour of the future. There's like lots of giant bugs and weird creatures. <laughs> um, she's really vi- freaking her out. She's visibly <laughs> upset by the future. <laughs> Ariel, if you got sucked to the future, do you think you would enjoy it? Or do you think you would react as Michelle is reacting and have a nervous breakdown? Um... You know, I think, well, it depends if, I guess like I'm genuinely concerned that like what will the earth and humans be around in a thousand years? So if like they're still here and they're still civilization, I'll like use that as a caveat. Um, I think it might be better. Like I feel like if you look at what it was like for women or queer people or anyone that's like basically not a straight white guy, if you go backwards, (laughs) it gets worse for everybody else. So I do think that, like, as things progress, like, maybe we could have a more genuinely, like, progressive society. So that would be my hope. a shockingly optimistic answer, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I agree because absolutely there's been progress. I think we, you know, I think there's always ebb and flow, and there's always mm-hmm. been ebb and flow. And so we're always doing the whole, like, two steps forward, one step back. But... You know, the progress can't be denied. So if we made the same in incremental progress from here to year uh, 3023, then we have to assume that maybe queer people are finally just, you know, treated like human beings. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's. I just think it's like, what if I, I actually think about it a lot of like, what would have happened if I was born 50 years ago and yeah. I was like stuck in a relationship with a man? There was no like you lesbian to, night at Hollywood yeah, Highlands where I met my wife. You know what I mean? To, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like, it feels like it would have been a different, a different situation. I have I don't like think this I existential concern. Back then. You That's know, what like, I wonder. It's like head in an oven moment. <laughs> you know, even if now I'm a very happy person, but I'm like, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I Astute. Astute, oh. Ariel. <laughs> on that note, they go to MoMA and all of the art is painted on fat guys with their shirts off. So and one of them so is uh, the construction worker guy. And he says he's on loan from the Louvre. And I think he lives a very interesting life, if that's true. Because he also does construction in space. <laughs> he, he, he's a multifaceted character. Um, he's always around when we need him. Um, one of my favorite bits of the episode is when Fry's introducing Michelle to uh, the oh, Planet so Express good. crew, and she responds with horrified screams to everyone. <laughs> this is Leela, <laughs> scream. This is Bender, scream. This is the pre- professor, and she looks over at Fry, and he nods, and she screams. <laughs> this is Hermes and Amy. Hi. Nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. you. <laughs> and this is Zoidberg. And then he screams. It's perfect. a perfect bit. It's, so it's good. a perfect, perfect bit. It's that Borscht Belt comedy that <laughs> is woven into Futurama. It's like it's a futuristic show with ragtime vaudeville burlesque jokes, and I fucking love it. <laughs> and kind of the final beat of that series of jokes is Michelle is nervously drinking tea with Amy, and she's like, it's so nice to be around someone normal. And Amy just responds, 
I'm, I'm from, from Mars. Mars. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect Amy response. Just so happy and so excited to. <laughs> I'm from Mars. <laughs> Okay, so Michelle hates We've it. lost Jinx completely. They can't see this, but Jinx that is actually her. out of frame. 100% out of frame. We're back. She's dead. <laughs> she died. Okay, go on. So Michelle doesn't want to be at this time anymore, so she insists they freeze themselves together and go a thousand years in the future again. And Fry responds like, whoa, whoa, I thought you were talking about one of those motels where the bed is shaped like stuff. <laughs> Uh, okay. And she asks why he must analyze everything with his relentless logic, and they freeze themselves. And the fact, and that's another thing. <laughs> if you're a fan of the show, the fact that any character is saying that to Fry <laughs> is so funny. Fry, why must you analyze everything with your relentless logic? <laughs> <laughs> so they do it. They freeze themselves, and they wake up in a barren wasteland. Like a I guess the future's Ma- not so good. It's like Mad Max meets Children of the Corn. Um, Very Mad Max. There's yeah, only shout kids. out to Kyle Buchanan. Sorry we couldn't get you on the Mad Max episode. Go buy his book, Blood, Sweat, and Chrome. <laughs> we um. We got to kind of speed through this because we spent a lot of time. <laughs> well, yeah, but the thing is, the rest of this is basically one joke. So we can yeah. break it down. Mm-hmm. Um, they try and make a shelter. Michelle is just really nagging at him in a way that is not conducive to surviving in an apocalyptic but wasteland. But also helpless. His shelter is a hole in the ground, which we know from the last episode is his go-to. Oh, I didn't think that. In moments of crisis. <laughs> Isn't there another animal that just like, if a flounder. Flounder's just like, bro. The fish? Yeah, I saw that in the new lion, uh, the new lion king. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so they are woken up uh, after sleeping in their hole by uh, kids with sticks, and uh, they're taken <laughs> to the post-apocalypse Mad Max Kids Society, where they're all kind of living in a junkyard. Did we like oh. this? Um, we meet yes. Butch, the leader. The best bits in this are, for me, I'm just going to say the best bits overall, is when Michelle is goading Fry into taking over the society and says... I'm sick of the chief's girlfriend always flaunting that coyote pelt in my face. Cut to this little girl in a coyote pelt. She's like, mm, ooh, mm, la la. Ooh, ooh. And then the next best bit is it's a callback joke, but they're about to race to the death. And she's counting down and she's yes. like, Glorb, Splingle. No, 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 it's no, Hebrew. No. It's Hebrew. Yeah, that's the funny thing. That was my favorite bit. Is that it's like what is it? A hogstein shalosh. That's something yes. like that. And I am such, or as I am, would call it, glorb. <laughs> I thought it was I I feel like such an ignorant. No, it's so funny. Asshole. Why would you know? And then the other bit that they connect. So one, they're Jewish, and when I heard that, I was like, "Oh my, I'm Jewish also." And then at the end, they're like, "Pre uh, Hebrew school, we have to go on Wednesdays," and I'm like, so "Literally, funny. my experience growing up." So the weird through line is that they're Jewish. Um, <laughs> I thought, and I feel really stupid, and I feel like an insensitive 
anti-Semitic <laughs> asshole, but I thought it was a callback. What a boy, am I right, Ariel? <laughs> hey. I, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm not Jewish. I want to clarify. I, <laughs> I thought it was a callback to um, um, the Poplars episode when yes. Queen was singing. Queen and was, and, uh, <laughs> But it was just me. <laughs> I feel so... Oh, my God. No, it's fine. I, it's like how it was such a deep cut. Uh, also, I like the skateboarding joke. But it's also but it's kind like... of like the skateboarding joke is great. I dated yeah. a skateboarder and he hurt himself really, really badly. <laughs> and then it became my problem. <laughs> uh, um, anyway. Yeah. I just thought that was very solid. This weird, like, Jewish Hebrew school through Len absolutely fucking killed me. Um, well, yeah, the, so kind of, the kind of reveal <laughs> after they have this, like, death race, which is called death rolling, even though their skateboards have rockets and there are no wheels, so I don't know why it's called rolling. <laughs> it, like, takes them through, like, a freeway, and, like, on the freeway, like, Mad Max tanks are, like, shooting at each other with lasers and, like, blowing up. And they finally crash, and Butch skins his knee. <laughs> So Fry overthrows society by ripping away the handkerchief, but the kids just take out guns and say, you know, we're in charge. That's when the mom shows up in like a SUV to take them all to Hebrew, the Hebrew school. school. Yeah. Which works later with the reveal of the episode. With the reveal, uh, well. because Fry and yeah. Michelle go their separate ways. Michelle is like, when we get back to the hole, we're going to have a long, boring talk about our relationship. Yeah. So Fry oh, finally has enough and he walks away. Well, just one shout out really briefly, which uh, for the Butch segment and all those characters, I'm about 95% sure that Butch is Kath Susie, um, who <laughs> does yeah, a lot of different child characters, um, like Hubert and stuff on the show. Oh, and cool. it's, I will say, just watching her go through, she can do like 18 different children's voices back to back. <laughs> it's just like this incredible thing. I will say of like watching the voice actors that are associated with this show. Um, it's honestly like a virtuoso level performance from everybody involved, even like the smaller characters. And it's just so crazy watching. I'll just say like a regular actor come in and give a performance, <laughs> which honestly will be, you're like, oh, that's okay. And then seeing these people come in and getting to work with these guys who are just like, absolute fucking geniuses at what they do is really cool. And I think Kath is one of those people for sure. Listen, um, I, I, I'm so familiar with lots of Kath's work and you're a voice actor also, right? That's not yeah. what I was going to say, but okay. <laughs> I was going to so say, I know a thing or two about this. <laughs> so spread my name around. No, um, I, uh, uh, it, here at um, 40% Podcasts, we worship at the altar of Tress McNeil. Oh, my um, God. So if you ever get the chance to tell Tress that, like, she has two, two like, very queer diehard fans of her body of work. <laughs> Happy to. And I think she's probably my favorite stuff on Disenchantment also. Like, all of her characters are so good on that. Yeah. Just every, every time I hear her voice, it's like, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, another Tress character. She's, She's just so, so good. Great. And she has a name that sounds like it's a made up Futurama name. So it feels like it does work <laughs> yeah. well on the show. But I think you'll be happy with the new season. And oh, yeah, I she's she's such a delight. Uh, also, it's just so crazy because I feel like in the, sorry, and then I'll let us move along. But like in the writer's room, I think there's like some attempts at more sensitivity probably than there has been in the past. 
Not so with the voice actors. It is the dirtiest, <laughs> most foul place. And it's like her and Billy West and all these people talking. I'm just truly shocked at what comes out of their mouth in the best possible way. Yeah, uh, it's oh, like that, to be it's a that old school, you know. It's that old school stuff where it's kind of like you just love watching a bunch of people in their element doing uh, yeah. And, and with each other, interacting with each other and speaking their own language. Yeah. It's it's like a drag queen dressing room, you know? It stops <laughs> being English and starts just being squawks and, you know, like, oh, ah, ah. <laughs> uh, Fry walks off from Michelle <laughs> into the wasteland. He would rather walk through the wasteland than pursue this relationship anymore and he sees a city on the uh, horizon um a futuristic post-apocalyptic city um and he walks up to it and he finds footprints and he realizes he's at the hollywood walk of fame and this is just regular los angeles he didn't travel to the future at all and when he gets back together with the planet express crew he keeps describing the post-apocalyptic <laughs> war world, and they keep saying, yeah, But people are that's... driving around and shooting each other with guns. <laughs> yeah, that's Los Angeles. <laughs> and then the and... peak absurdity of like, and everyone's a phony, and no one reads, and everything has cilantro on it. <laughs> that was the best bit. <laughs> really good. I will say, I... Uh, I think this is a little bit of anti-LA propaganda. This oh my is, gosh. This is a very New Yorker heavy writer's room, if I uh, could guess. And yeah. I think... Um, um, no, this actually. Is... Okay, well, I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, there's some sort of... 20 years yeah. ago. Like, LA feels different these days. I mean... Yeah, I, I guess I 20 years there, ago, I, I would have rather been in New 14, York which is about 20 years ago. And I remember feeling like, ooh, ooh. And then, now when I go there, I'm like, eh. It so I'm from LA. So I feel like it depends on where you're at also. I don't know where you, what you saw when you were 14. <laughs> where you got dropped off. She I, fell on the La Brea tar pits. Deep in eyes. Just this is in all the papers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'll say it's like a – like native person, it all felt spot on too. It wasn't it was completely also insane. Funny. Yeah, it's, I was especially like, everything does have cilantro. In, setting it on Hollywood Boulevard, like that place is a full dump. Horrible. So that's that's where to do that joke. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we find out that Michelle and Polly Shore are now together. And I believe this is an homage uh, or an exact recreation of her scene in the pilot where she drives off with some man and it leans is, out the window and is. says, oh. it's not going to work out, Fry. It's not Sarah voicing her in that first flashback, but Which they are recreating that moment. Mm -hmm. And um, they fly back to New York now that they figured all this out. And uh, the professor is like, I don't know why I even fired you in the first place. And then Bender, <laughs> ironically, who was also part of the thing, says, it's because he destroyed your home and business. And then uh, <laughs> Professor says, oh, right, get lost, and dumps Fry out of the spaceship without actually giving him his job back. I, I yeah. also love the moment when Bender and Leela are there and they don't know Fry's coming in. And they're like, come on, Professor, just give us our jobs back. Fry will never have to know. And then Fry goes, <laughs> hi, everyone. <laughs> and then he says, this is, my, this is my girlfriend who's been frozen alive from the past. And they all clap for her. It's that was such very a funny, funny yeah. moment. Just like polite golf claps. It's really funny. 
Arrow, <laughs> any other favorite moments that we uh, we gleamed over? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Uh, you hit oh, all. I did like the fry line, like, all right, all right, if it'll make you happy, I'll overthrow society. Great line. <laughs> it was just a, I think that was the thing that I love about this episode, which does feel so classic Futurama, which is this really relatable premise of dating an ex that you shouldn't get back together with <laughs> in the most insane sci-fi way possible. So I feel like it is all these just insane things that happen, but it is something that it's like everyone's done and been like, why did I do that? Yeah, so. the court is an episode about you shouldn't get back together with your toxic mm-hmm. ex, which I think yeah. is really funny. <laughs> oh, great. Um, should we, is it time, Mom? Yeah, hit it. Hey, hey, let me ask you something. Ariel, you've been such a lovely guest. Lovely. We have we have compulsory questions that we ask every guest. Um, are you ready to answer them? You can answer them however you want. Let's do it. Okay. First question: Who in the Futurama universe do you most relate to? Okay, so I don't feel that there's like one Futurama character that I'm like, that's me. Like, I genuinely mm-hmm. just enjoy it. But I would say, you know, Leela has kind of a gay-ish vibe and the tank top thing and sort <laughs> of a- little queer-coded, yeah. Yeah, confused relationship with her femininity. Like, there's always a bit of an awkward tension there. And I feel like I related to that, especially growing up. Um, but so maybe that with some of Fry's like occasionally stupid optimism. I'd say maybe yeah. a fusion there. Yeah. Um, Leela was such a powerful character, you know, and continues to be. But the fact that she has all the qualities you just listed <laughs> and she is the show's like female lead ingenue love interest sex icon. You know, of course, Amy's very sexy. The whole crew is very sexy. But um, Leela is <laughs> shut up. But Leela is. <laughs> Leela's like, (laughs) she's the femme fatale, but she is also a misfit. And she also is kind of like uh, butch at times. And people are really mean to her. (laughs) Yeah. It's, yeah, she doesn't always do the right thing. It's like her sleeping with Zap is Uh sort of could have been an unpopular Mm. situation, you know, back in those early episodes. But yeah, I think that is what's so great about her is she's not just like, the eye-batting ingenue that has, like, two silly lines. So I do feel like they did a good job with her. Absolutely. That just raises further questions. I'm experimenting (laughs) with, is that funny? Is it good? Yes. Because we're in the questioning. Our our next question is, our next question is, um, who in the Futurama universe would you do? Okay, well, I'm going to give, I think, maybe a, I don't want to, maybe an unpopular opinion, but um, I'm going to say the Amazonian women based on looking like an Olympic softball team. Uh, they are some butch big ladies so I would I would let them snooze to me are you worried about how um, aggressive they are as lovers (laughs) yeah I mean you know though I feel like it's not the most like overly sexual show in certain ways so it's like you know they're kind of in for it and they're buff I don't know there's like there's something there Uh, they would break you but. It only becomes life-threatening yeah. when you're having, like, marathons of Amazonian Marathon sex. Marathon Yeah, so yeah. you could just Which hook up, like, once a week, and it would be great. <laughs> just recover. I think they would crush you to death, but it'd be, like, the best death. The yeah. best death. Yeah. 
We have. That just raises further questions. I don't think I need to do it. Should I do it yeah. every? Okay. No, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure we'll, it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, Ariel, this question <laughs> feels a little um, redundant, but we ask every guest, has watching this episode made you want to watch more Futurama? And will you be watching the new season of Futurama? What if I was like, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will say it actually made me want to go back and rewatch. I mean, I've seen all the episodes, but uh, I will say I had the realization like when I was coming into Futurama that I was like, I've seen this show a million times and then realized I saw a lot of it very stoned in my early 20s. And therefore, my memory of the specifics was not amazing. That's the way it's meant to be viewed, I believe. I think so. Yeah. But so I think watching these classic ones was fun. And I even writing on it, like I'll always continue to be like a fan of the show and of the early episodes. So yes. And of course, I will be watching the new season. I hope everybody does. I genuinely think it turned out so well. Like, I feel like it's got, it is speaking to people like you guys that are really, truly diehard fans and know all of the little, like, niche stuff. Like, that is taken, I feel like they've taken kind of, like, account of that and put those things in, but also making it relevant to, like, what's going on now. So I think people are going to be hopefully very pleasantly surprised by how well they turned out. I can't wait. I hope. So please watch it. I'm so excited. July 24th on Hulu. And you are such a lovely guest, and we love that you're working on the show. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm just trying to make it as gay as possible. Where can the people find you? Uh, Ariel underscore Laddinson on Instagram. And um, if you're watching animated comedies, you might be watching something that I wrote on 50 50 shot. Yeah. That's A R I E L. L A D E N S O H N. Well done. Because Ariel Laddinson. You got uh, it. <laughs> hey. So before we it's sign off. It's definitely the first time I heard Laddinson. What, wh- wh- where's that from? Um, so it's actually a, Is that not I, the way to ask that? <laughs> no. What are you? Um, it's my married name. When I got married to my wife, I took on her last name. So. It's hers. We both had kind of Jewy last names, so I've exchanged (laughs) one for another. Um, I just mean, I think it's like German means something, but yeah. It's Jewish. Where else the shtetl? The son of a ladder. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You nailed it. So, programming note, um, if you are listening to this show, uh, next week you do not watch season three, episode four of Futurama. You watch season, what, 11? 10? What's it called? Yeah. Well, New I thought Futurama. it was 8, but it's 11 because of the, hu- the yeah, reshuffling the, of all the episodes. The reshuffling, which we really should have the talked to you about. The reshuffling. We, we have a lot of questions about the season I reshuffling. Don't, I don't care. Anyway, so I think, You can though, DM me, Nick. I have to think, answer any questions. I, I, I want to know all about it. But before we get out of here, Jinx, I think what we need uh, to do before we sign off is come up with some super complicated in-universe justification for us going into the future and reviewing these new episodes. So like, should like, do you think Ariel should beat me up and put me in a tube or? Yeah, we'll tube we you guys. We did that last time. Is this going to uh, be part of the episode? Us I, yeah, I think this is it. Yeah, okay. so how, how do we do it? Oh, I mean, like I know. The tube is obvious. <laughs> We're going to Encino Man, you guys. We're going to put you in a giant block of ice and bury you in Jinx's it's different. backyard. It's different. It, because it's, it's different. not a tube, so, it's a big block of ice. Yeah. Uh, so Ariel, do you mind um, voice acting that real quick? 
<laughs> no, no. We're, on, we're on the short? Zoom. Uh, we, can't, we can't get the cameras in front of the big freezer that Ariel is about to put us in where we will become big blocks of ice. No, it's, but Ariel it's just and a big I, tub. we're going to get it's together. It's a big tank. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to throw you in and it'll be like you're getting like cryogenic freezing, but we're just going to slowly lift the, right, lower the temperature over time. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Climate change. Thank you for helping us. <laughs> Thank you for helping us. And um, yeah. if people want the super complicated bits, you know, we're still doing them. So that's for the super fans out there. Uh, and that's the end of uh, the show. So thank you, everyone. Thank you. Awesome. It was really nice meeting you, Ariel. You are, you are the future. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh my God. Honestly, this has been amazing. Thank you guys so much for having me on. And um, I'm going to keep listening to the pod. So I'm excited Good. to see what you guys say. Thank yeah. you so much, Ariel. And Anytime. we'll see you in a Anytime. bit that when we come to your big tank listeners. and get frozen. <laughs> <laughs> so we, mom, get in the plane. We have to go to the tank and get frozen now. Okay, thank you, everyone. That's the lore. Bye. <laughs> I better be flying first. <laughs> Wow, 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 wow,